0: Working hard is not necessarily a direct correlation with the amount of money that you make or aren't making. And working hard does not necessarily mean you will make more money. And it's often not the pathway to make more money because money is not a reflection of how hard of a worker you are. This is Euphoric Evolution a podcast all about inner spiritual growth for abundance, where we bridge the spiritual into the practical, the energetic into the physical. I'm Mikosi Negezer. I'm a spiritual teacher and oracle speaker and author, and I'm passionate about catalyzing tomorrow's leaders into consciousness and transformation. So if you're a spiritual seeker and know you're called for more, let's begin your transformation. Hello, hello, hello. Today's topic we're diving into when the money stops flowing. We're really going to be talking about mastering money. And I got to say, this was a really important topic. We've been in the middle of a launch and I've been getting so many questions about this time period and what's going on in the world and people having certain experiences around the ebb and flow of money. And the truth is, is that we have power, but sometimes we don't know where to find that power in kickstarting that flow or moving past a plateau. So today we're going to dive into what to do when the money stops flowing or it's not flowing in the way that you thought that it should. And Hopefully, by the end of today's session, you will have some takeaways that you can actually start to implement literally right away. So, for those of you who are new, welcome. I'm Makosi, also known as the Royal Shaman. I am an executive spiritual advisor, and I've helped incredible conscious change makers to fulfill their calling. And I support them by expanding their consciousness supporting them in aligning energetically, as well as transforming their identity to be the version of themselves that actually can hold all of the abundance that's aligned for them to experience. So let's dive in a bit to my own experience with this. Now, whether you knew this or not, my childhood was not financially prosperous, My mom was a single teen mom of two (laughs) for most of my childhood. And needless to say, growing up in small town, West Virginia, which is one of the poorest states in the United States, period. It's always either like 48th, 49th or 50. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity. I wasn't surrounded by money. And I've gone from that experience to being the first millionaire in my family. And I'm not yet 35. So I know a lot about this from my own personal experience, but also through coaching hundreds of people, mainly women, through their internal limitations and blocks. One of the things that I find most challenging when you've grown up without money is that it isn't normalized for you. So sometimes you aren't in spaces where you can gain insight into, well, how do you think if you are a person who has money and, you know, what is my way of viewing the world that's actually keeping me from making more money? Because the truth is, is that our money, like the amount that we see in our accounts is simply a reflection of who we have been up to a certain point. It is a reflection of the, really at the root, the identity and all of the beliefs that go along with who we think we are or who we believe that we are. So it is the culmination of all of these decisions that we are making consciously and unconsciously. It's a result of how we view the world that's creating that as well as some of the words that we say, how we speak over our lives, how we relate to other people, and so on and so forth. You know, it's not as simple as just what do I need to do to make more money? Because at some point you run out of energy, (laughs) you don't have enough time in the day, or maybe you don't have enough energy to just do more in order to make more. So at some point, that stops working. One of the most common things that I've seen related to this topic is people who associate, I've got to work hard in order to make lots of money. And if that were true, I want you to just think about the people in your life that you know work hard. Are all of them wealthy? Pretty sure not. (laughs) So working hard is not necessarily a direct correlation with the amount of money that you make or aren't making. And working hard does not necessarily mean you will make more money. And it's often not the pathway to make more money because money is not a reflection of how hard of a worker you are at all. So first thing that you wanna look at when the money has stopped Flowing in your life is do you have containers for it? Now, I know that there's a lot of people who get really annoyed with this concept of containers and like, I'm not putting my money in a piggy bank. I mean, that's not what we're meaning when we're talking about containers. When we're talking about containers, we're talking about energetic holders for money. And do you have those? So an energetic container for your money could be something like an actual bank account, right? (laughs) That's a very basic container for your money. Another could be a business. It could be investments, so on and so forth. Those are places that can actually not only hold money, but some of them are actually designed to create more money, right? For example, if you invest in a business, that is a container that is designed that when you invest in the business or in yourself, that you actually have the ability to expand and make more money, right? So number one, do you actually have a place for money to go? Okay. Money really loves when you have intentionality, when it actually has a purpose, when you actually create the space for the money to go into and you have a reason for it. You have a mission for it. You have a way in which you are going to utilize it to either serve yourself, serve others, contribute to the greater good, so on and so forth. So do you actually have containers for your money? Now, if you're an entrepreneur, you'll also want to look at do you have containers that are of a variety, but also not too much variety. So one thing that I notice, like, okay, I have a glass of water here. If you're listening to this, you can't see the glass of water, but I have a glass of water. Let's say that I have three smaller glasses and those are my containers. Those are offers, right? Well, if I pour that water into these three separate glasses, if they're smaller glasses, I could still have full glasses. However, I do see a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of having way too many containers going all at the same time. And it's like putting a few drops in each of them. And so when you have your money spread out like that, you're putting energy, your energy is like diffuse all over the place. It can really dilute it or feel like you don't have money, or it could feel like you're not making sales Because you have just so many offers all at the same time and you're pouring your energy into all these different, all these different places. And it feels like you're never actually moving forward on the topic of being an entrepreneur and putting offers out in the world. One of the other things that I do see, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're very innovative. We love to create new things, try new things. But I see often entrepreneurs just like skipping over when something works and that can actually stop the money from flowing. When you have either created something or stumbled across a problem or a challenge or something that you can actually support people with, and then people actually hand over money for it, that is a sign as long as it is an alignment for you. That is a sign that you want to go all in on that thing, (laughs) not just hop to the next thing. So one of my own philosophies on this is when I stumble across something that actually does work and is something that people want, I invest time, energy, focus on refining that container and expanding that container, right? making it the best that it can be. And it's not always the most sexy, fun, bright and shiny thing. But truth pill, when I talk about euphoria, what I'm really talking about is kind of boring. (laughs) It's kind of boring. I actually, you want your money to kind of be boring most of the time. The more boring and like stable that it is the more exciting that your life can be, right? Instead of always needing to have excitement and fire and flare with new shiny things all the time, which is what we've, we are like being so groomed to do those of you who are able to Allow something to get boring. Allow the refinement process to happen. Allow yourself to not always chase the shiny ball. Find other shiny balls like hobbies. <laughs> Start new hobbies. Um, have some side projects or something. And this is kind of like part two of that same point about containers. But like, are the lids open to those containers Oh, there's nothing that gets on my nerves more than when people complain about, "Oh my gosh, there's no money coming in." But then when you ask them how many offers they've made in the last 30 days, well, two. <laughs> I talked to two people or I, you know, shared that I was taking clients a few times. That means the doors are not open. The money to come in because listen, how can money come in if no one even knows that the doors are open for it to come in? So, there's a big component of hey, are you actually allowing money to come in? Right? Like, that's like if you worked at a job, let's say it's a regular nine to five desk job, and the money isn't coming in, and you go. I don't know why all of a sudden money isn't coming in. And it's like, well, did you go to work? (laughs) Did you actually show up? Did you actually connect with people? That's a big one. It's a big one. And sometimes we can get so fascinated with like the next strategy, the next tactic, like the latest trends, always learning things and not actually taking the ball and running with it. I think, especially in the online space, And on social media, there's this idea that everybody's watching what you're doing all the time. And you've got to realize that almost no one is seeing your content regularly. And if they are, (laughs) even if they are seeing it regularly, it still takes them seeing something a lot, many, many times (laughs) before it clicks with them. When I studied marketing in college. And this is like a decade over a decade ago. I'm giving my age away. I guess I already gave my age away. (laughs) Back then, when so much of the research about marketing was out, the idea of like, oh, it takes about seven times for someone to see your thing before it lands. Well, keep in mind, if you're posting about the same offer, let's say every single day, less than 20% of your audience is even seeing that. And let's say of those people who are seeing it, they need to see it. I say it's probably closer to 12 to 14 times now in order for them to take action because we're just so easily distracted, (laughs) right? Can you relate to being easily distracted? Oh, oh yes. I wanted to, oh shit. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to tell myself right now on my computer, I'm literally looking at it. I have a tab open for a gift that I'm getting my grandmother. It's been sitting there for about a week. And I keep forgetting, even though it's like right there in front of me, I keep forgetting to hit the buy now button, right? So everyone is having that experience. It isn't always personal to you. If you are an entrepreneur, you've really... Got to detach your identity from your business and not be taking it personally, right? Like, oh my gosh, no one wants what I have to offer. Well, maybe the way that you're communicating it isn't the way that people will buy it, or it could just be that they're not seeing it enough or seeing it regularly, right? So paying attention to, you know, if somebody raises their hand and actually forks over money. Like stop paying attention to your freaking engagement on social media because half of the time those people aren't buying from you anyway. Do you know how many like just thirsty guys are following me on freaking Instagram and (laughs) probably liking maybe if I have a red lipstick or cleavage (laughs) on that video? I pay attention to Yes, I look at metrics about, you know, what's popping and, you know, what are people really resonating with, so on and so forth. But ultimately, what is actually leading to sales? What is actually leading to an exchange of money in order for me and my team and my business to receive what it needs and also to actually catalyze the transformation that I'm here to create? Okay, I'm getting a little off topic, (laughs) a little off topic, but that felt like that was really important. For you to know. All right, back to the point. Money moves cyclically. Money moves cyclically. (sighs) This is how I know that so many people, even people who teach the energetics of money, sometimes do not understand basic energy. Money moves in a cyclical fashion, just like nature moves in a cyclical manner. Now here, I'm meaning in the West. So not just the US, but if you're in Europe, if you're in Australia, there's so many of you that are. This applies to you too. But we have this idea that more is always better. That if we aren't making more or more isn't coming in, then we are failing. And I gotta tell you, the only thing in nature that grows nonstop is what? Cancer. Yes, that's a sign of cancer. That is a cancerous dangerous thing so the goal is not for it to always be bigger a bigger amount of money than it was necessarily the day before it is you want to imagine you want your money to grow like in a stair step fashion where it grows maybe you've launched a new product and you have some you know new clients and then it's you know it just kind of stabilizes and kind of stays the same and then you have another growth and then it just like stays the same for a period of time. You don't want your money to constantly be growing. The reason for that is that you want to have time and space to put in the systems and the processes and refine even the people. You want to put the right people in place to be able to hold that level of wealth. And not to mention, you also want to be able to evolve yourself in such a way where that amount of money becomes normalized for you. Otherwise you will do what I see so many people do, which is have like a nervous breakdown or burnout because their nervous system hasn't had time to stabilize and normalize that next level of money that's coming in. And so they just like crash and burn. And it's like this continuous, Nightmarish roller coaster that I want none of you to experience. The other piece, as well, that is a massive mistake that I see people making in not understanding that money moves cyclically. What I see them do is the minute that money starts to move back, I want you to imagine it moves kind of like the tide. It moves like the tide. It comes in more and more, and then it will retract a little bit but it's always still there. The water's always still there. Okay. It's just that there's a period of time where it comes in more and there's a period of time where it might come in less. And what I see people do is get very reactive when that happens and they retract because the money is retracting. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. I see people who like get into hoard mode And that actually ends up perpetuating the money from, or keeps the money from flowing. I want you to think about it like this. If you were investing your money, you were putting your money in various areas that were creating a certain type of reality. Let's say that you were you know, putting some of that money towards paying off some of your debt. Maybe some of that money was being invested in your education or your own personal development. Maybe you were investing in, Facebook ads for your business. I don't know. Okay. But you're putting that money in something that is creating a certain future for you. And then you retract all of that the minute that things seem like on the surface are retracting, right? So the actual decisions that you were taking that were going to create a certain future, like the Facebook ads that were attracting certain clientele, you stop that. Well, now those people aren't coming in. Right. So it's this reactive nature that actually makes the issue worse and keeps the money from flowing. Okay. Huge thing you've got to understand money does not like to be stagnant or hoarded. So we are meant for it to go out and come back to us, go out and come back to us. But when we hoard it, we create so many issues. Number three, when the money stops flowing, You want to look for opportunities for greater levels of service and impact. Now, when I say greater levels of service and impact, do not take that to mean like, oh, I need to go out and just help everybody for free and I need to reach more people. More is not always better. Sometimes the impact can be depth, right? So looking for opportunities to serve an impact can be either width, which is creating bigger impact for more people, right? Or you can go depth. I am a depth person. Last year, we made a very intentional decision in the Royal Shaman, which is my company where we actually are supporting conscious leaders and entrepreneurs into their next level, helping them break through their limitations and really live these incredible limitless lives, and create limitless abundance in their business. One decision that we made last year intentionally, I say we, I made the decision and then the team kind of had to just get on board with it. But of course it made sense to everyone once I explained. So many businesses get really caught up in numbers like vanity numbers of, oh, we've helped so many people. And that's really amazing. However, I've been obsessed with over the last, 12, 18 months or so of like, how can we create deeper levels of impact with the people that we have? How do we work with actually fewer people? I think we've worked with like half of the people that we did the year before and are making more money. And that actually creates a deeper level of intimacy with our clients. Last I checked, we have over 90% of our clients who are showing up, regularly to our calls, who are contributing regularly, who are getting, you know, insight and support regularly, which is, by the way, like that's unheard of (laughs) in the online space. I don't think people realize most programs, you are lucky if 5% of people last past the initial, you know, high of joining. So that creates a better experience for everyone. So Part of the thinking of that is if we create a space where people are able to go deeper, especially because we're dealing a lot with identity, that's a very deep topic and people need to feel safe. Sometimes they need time and we can do that because we are focusing on depth, right? Now you are also seeing I'm creating some things that will allow for us to have wider impact However, there's no world, <laughs> at least right now, where I see the royal shaman specifically focusing on huge numbers. When you're dealing with, we're really shaping leaders and supporting them in their highest calling. And not everybody's gonna be a leader. That just, that is what it is. So we create our impact by supporting those leaders in the deepest way we can. And then they affect ripples out. So along the same line, you've really got to understand perceived value. If we're talking about looking for opportunities to create service and impact, you've got to get out of your own ego about what you think is important. And listen, I'm saying this to you, but I'm also saying it to myself. We have to get out of our own egos about what we think is important in the world, what we think matters in the world, and actually look at what is perceived as valuable in the world, at least to the people that we desire to spend our time with, right? So you want to start with paying attention to who do I genuinely care about in this world? Who do I want to see do well? Who do I actually enjoy spending time with? For me, that is like ambitious Women who many of them have kids or have and/or have a significant other. So many of them are from very diverse backgrounds, and pretty much all of them have been a misfit (laughs) or kind of misunderstood, a little bit quirky or eccentric. But they see the world and what is possible in the world, and they are very grounded and not super airy fairy fluffy yes we're talking about energetic concepts like flow and alignment but this is a very i don't understand how people don't understand that there's a very practical usefulness to flow and alignment it's a real thing it's not just like a uh yeah thing that the plant medicine told us okay nothing against plant medicine plant medicine is absolutely an incredible tool for evolution at certain stages. But I think you get what I'm saying. So looking for opportunities for service and impact based on perceived values. So you're looking at who are these people that I really, I value in the world. I want to see them do well. I see the impact that they can create. And you look at what matters to those people. You've got to get really, really good at listening. I will tell you when the 2020 event occurred. (laughs) The pandemonium party happened. I lost about half my business pretty much overnight. And I had just started building some momentum. I had about 20 clients at that time. And overnight, half of them were gone. And I'm an entrepreneur. At the time, my husband was also running his own business. So It was a matter of like, are we going to be able to pay our bills and eat and have the things that we need? So I took a few days, literally like two or three days, and I just listened. By the way, this is probably one of my secret superpowers. (laughs) I can listen to what is being said that isn't being said, right? It's like being able to read between the lines and deduce what a person actually values from the things that they're saying. So one way that I did that, I decided, I realized a lot of people are so, they were just so unsure about the future. They needed to feel some certainty in a path forward. Like everyone was just, there was so much anxiety and stress. And I was like, I know that I can support people. Number one, I'm like a rock. And (laughs) legit, it's pretty impossible to tell me some things and get me to be in the dumps with you. I'm pretty solid that way. So immediately what I did was I started offering pay what you can intensives, right? And so I had people who were able to, you know, choose their investment levels. And there were actually a few who couldn't invest anything. And I still did them anyway, And I'm really proud of that because I know for sure at least one of them, well, most of them did well, but there's one in particular that comes to mind who at that time could not pay. She was in the middle of launching a restaurant when everything got shut down and she was so terrified. So I supported her in that. And by the way, she has a thriving restaurant now. It's been three years and the restaurant business is difficult anyway, and she launched in that period of time when everything was restricted and closed down. And now she's created so much success in her restaurant. And she did come back and actually pay me, <laughs> pay me something, whatever, you know, I don't even remember how much it was, but I thought that was really incredible that once things got up and running for her, she, she did come back and thank me monetarily, which was awesome. All right. So that perceived value super duper important. So you can do this literally at all times. This is what makes making money easy when you are able to understand how people perceive value, what they perceive as valuable, and then all you're doing is matching your innate genius, your unique characteristics, your the skill sets and knowledge that you've embodied to a point where it's become wisdom. You just deliver that in support of what matters to the other person. And when you start doing this and you make a habit of it, you just see money everywhere. And all you have to do is like create a container for it, which can be space on your calendar. You just clear space on your calendar. You open the door for it. So you give them a way to pay you money (laughs) and that's it. You don't need a website. You don't need a brand. You don't need blah, 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 blah. You can just be making money anyway. Great example of this. My husband's truck has been rented for the week. He just got back last night, but he was on a cruise with his friends and he has a truck and people are moving and they need trucks, but they don't want to buy a truck. So that truck has been making him money all week long. So the next or the last, it's like the last two, but they kind of go together is You really want to examine the stories that you're telling about where you are in reality or what's happening financially, right? So you want to examine, are you saying things like, I'm broke? Are you telling stories that actually aren't serving? So let's say that the money stopped flowing. It could be either your, you know, your income decreased or Your expenses increased unexpectedly. And one thing I see happen when, let's say, a tax bill comes due that you just weren't prepared for, or I'll see lots of people say something like, oh, this always happens. Anytime I'm doing better or things are going well, this always happens. There's unexpected expenses, so on and so forth. Well, does this always happen or are taxes a part of the process? And it's just not something that you were considering, right? Which of those views is actually more serving? Well, it'd probably be more serving for you to just accept that taxes are a part of it and be grateful for the ability to to create abundance with no limitation. And what you give in exchange through taxes, you should be minimizing those taxes. That's a different conversation, but that's part of it, Right instead of you know telling stories that aren't actually helpful right this goes hand in hand with my last point which is to really focus it on evolving your identity at the identity level so much of the reality that we are experiencing is a direct result or a direct reflection of our identity who we think we are what we think matters or doesn't matter the beliefs, behaviors, and patterns that we carry through the world. Now, the truth is that we are at our core, at our essence, limitless, that we have a non-physical aspect of us that can access limitless abundance, limitless money, limitless opportunities, limitless love and connection. It's literally limitless. However, we have an identity that creates limitations in order for us to be able to have this experience. In reality, you are always limiting yourself. That is a fact. So when we start recognizing our patterns and pay attention to where those are coming from and what is that identity? Is that identity serving me? I used to tell a story to myself that because I was from like oh i'm from west virginia i made that mean so many things about me i made being from west virginia mean that i was poor that i wasn't intelligent enough to figure things out that i you know was just a small town girl blah 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 and because i was shaped by and holding that identity I was making all sorts of decisions unconsciously that continued to just reinforce that. Like, oh, I don't fit in in wealthy circles, right? And so I would do things that would keep me from fitting in (laughs) with wealthy circles, right? So the biggest takeaway from this that I want you to really sit with, there is... In this reality, the strategy about what to do is about 20% of creating the reality. Whenever I'm having a conversation, I do this all the time when I'm speaking with someone, they often want to just skip to, you know, Makosi, tell me what to do about blah, 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 blah to make the money start flowing, right? Or to take me to the next level or solve this issue. And you can take... All sorts of action. However, if you haven't examined where that's coming from and is it actually in alignment with what you want to experience in reality, it's not going to be serving you at all. A great example of this is like, I'll use my own personal example. I sometimes will work with someone one on one, and there are so many people out there who are like, oh, in order to be successful, you need to work one-on-one with people. And so I could go all into these strategies about working one-on-one with people. However, if I sit and look at who I am at my essence, like my greatest gifts, I feel, come out when I'm in a group setting. And I look at what is the, what is the lifestyle that's most in alignment with me. I'm a person who, in human design, I'm a five one, and I'm mostly first lines. I have a ton of first lines. So what that means is I am a researcher and an investigator at heart. I spend a ton of time and energy, and it lights me up to do it. And from that, I'm able to synthesize knowledge in a way that other people are able to use it and take these really, really complex abstract ideas and make them very simple and grounded and practical where others can take them and then utilize them and see success, right? If I tell the truth about who I am and what I want and what I desire, the truth is, is that I am a person that needs space. You can ask my husband, you can ask my son. (laughs) I'm a person that requires a lot of space, a lot of space. And so if I know that that is number one, the most serving to me as a person, as an individual, and it's also supportive of my highest gifts in this world, in my highest genius, than spending a bunch of time trying to execute on a strategy that is really meant for someone very different than me, right? How effective am I going to be at that? It's going to be a struggle (laughs) for me to do that. It's also going to feel misaligned. So, if you're feeling that you are misaligned, most likely you've taken on strategies that simply aren't in alignment with who you are at the core, at your essence. That aren't in alignment with the version of you that you're becoming and the lifestyle that you want to have. Ooh, I've been in flow for this entire session. I just realized how much time we've been going. So, anyway, I think it's important that we start wrapping this up. But the identity piece and evolving your identity is the root. When you understand that everything starts with who you be, your entire reality, what you have and what you do are a direct result of who you be, then you will understand that by focusing on evolving who you be, you create ripple effects. And one of those ripple effects is the amount of prosperity, money, wealth that you experience. It's simply just reflecting your identity, not who you actually are, but who you think you are. Thank you all so much for spending some time here with me today. This has been an incredible session with you today. I am wishing you euphoria through the rest of the week. I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Euphoric Evolution. If you found this valuable, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Be sure to share with someone you care about if you know they'll also find value in this episode. You can also visit theroyalshaman.com to take my free consciousness quiz, where you'll uncover your current stage of consciousness, identify your current blockages, and define which steps you can take next to align with your highest potential. You can also see the show notes to find our socials in euphoria.